remember GameFly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I started using GameFly. The I started, Netflix of I gaming. started pulling in all those all those janky yeah, early Xbox 360 games <laughs> that you got achievements in like five minutes. Yeah. And I just started cranking them out. You did. Um, yeah. I remember ch- like frequently I would check to see where you were at. Yeah. And you would be playing games that I had never heard of. Nobody had ever heard of. Hannah Montana, the movie, the game. <laughs> I, for- I forgot all about that one until I saw it today. We are live. It's actually, it's not a live recording, but we are now live in our recording. I'm Austin. Welcome to episode three of 99 Nerds. We have a very special guest today. I kicked David out of the studio because we only have two microphones. And ever since we started this podcast, it was concrete going to happen that we brought on this guy to be a guest. And when I say guest, I mean eventually he will be a fixture. But Sean Tacular, Sean Terry, is here today in studio. And we're excited to have him because Sean is a wizard of film. He is a film nerd. And we want to pick his brain on what he thinks about current events, current films. And uh, just have a good conversation. So, without further ado, Sean Tacular. Hey, what's up? Not Thank much, you. man. Thank you for having me on your show. Well, it's a, it's a big privilege. You've not only you're on the show for the first time, but you guys don't know it. He's been behind the camera every single time we've recorded, and he's the only reason that we have recorded because otherwise, I we have no idea what we're don't doing. Don't be so hard on yourself. I will be hard on myself. I had to sit down with Sean for a good two-hour meeting when we first thought about starting this, just to say, okay, Sean. So, what is a camera? And how do you use it? <laughs> well, you know what's funny is we spent like I always say you gotta you gotta steer a moving car, not a parked one, right? Mm. And it's like that weird thing of you spend all this time trying to figure out how to do it right. Right. And then the next thing you know, it's not until you start that you realize like all the things you should have done. Exactly. Like I'm looking at like some of the things we did and I'm like you know, if we had another zero to that uh, to that budget, we'd have been all right. <laughs> yeah, that would have done it for sure. Well, we're I, the goal is to improve every episode, and I think we're doing that. And uh, yeah, we're it's only like that one forward. song says, "It's too late to apologize." By uh, John Stamos and the Who's He Whatsers. I think it's Miley Cyrus, which she'll come up later. Uh, by the way, when we talk uh, about achievements, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> What are we talking about today? We're gonna Did talk- you introduce yourself? I am Austin. I am 44.5% of the 99 nerds, um, but that's actually not true. I thought you were about to say you're 44 years cause old. Because really, really, Sean has been uh, has been 33, and me and David are 33 each, I think. I'm 31 years old. Well, you're 33 nerds. Thanks for remembering. Sean, you are a very talented writer and a talented film nerd. You are a film connoisseur. And you are a wizard of picking apart and rating movies. So I want to dive into that. First and foremost, uh, what's your favorite film of all time? My favorite film of all time, number one with a bullet, The Last Samurai, starring Mm. Tom Cruise. It's just a good film. Yeah. Like, it's got the music. Mm -hmm. It's got the action. 
Mm-hmm. It's got the story. It's got the redemption arc. It's got Tom Cruise doing his own stunts. I don't know if he did, <laughs> but it's a good movie. Probably. I don't know why that movie appeals to me so much, but there's just something about it that's like, you know, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm the last samurai too. Probably. I'm, I'm glad you can see yourself in that light because that's how I view you. Sean is not only well, a very close buddy of mine, but he, we're cousins and we're a year and a half apart or so. So growing up together, I mean, we've spent a lot of quality time fighting each other with pretend lightsabers or playing, um, what is that Star Wars game on like PlayStation 1? Jedi Power Battles. I mean, all of them. You guys definitely had every Star Wars game that ever existed, and you introduced me to a lot of new stuff. They retconned Plo Koon's lightsaber. That's where they first went wrong, because his lightsaber in Jedi Power Battles was orange. <laughs> and they changed it to blue, I think. Yeah. Shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Orange. And then he got blown up in that ship. <laughs> well, you got to see his story arc in Clone Wars. He's a major per- character in Clone Wars. I saw... I saw him in the... Uh, so I've never watched all of Clone Wars. That's the thing. Me and David are hardcore going to get Sean to watch Clone Wars. I don't know if that's true, but I know that I watched like the first few episodes of season one, mm. which I've been warned is like the worst thing you can do. Yeah. It's like starting with meth. <laughs> it's like a bad idea, you know? And so I felt like... I, I, I got at some point to the episode where Plo Koon was like trapped in space with some clone troopers. Sure. And they're like... We're clones, so we're dispensable. And he's all like, Not to me. Whatever he said. And, <laughs> not um, to me. I don't know if I... That's not how I envision Plo Koon. No? He doesn't say anything. He just stabs with an orange <laughs> lightsaber. That's all he does. That's all he he doesn't about. say a word. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's a major character. Did Kid Fisto have a green lightsaber? He did. Okay, that would have been a bad... Op- that would have been a missed opportunity. As David touched on last episode, Kid Fisco is a... He's like a water guy. I don't know what planet he comes from, but there's a story arc in Clone Wars where the Mon Calamari are in war on their water planet, and he shows up and just wrecks, and he's just swimming around like a like a Jedi fish. What are they called? Mon Calamari. That's the species that uh, Admiral Akbar is. Speaking like, of Admiral I Akbar, like, I think that's like an appetizer at the Andiamos uh, too, right? I think they took that from canon, yeah. Dave Filoni. He's Italian, I'm guessing. Filonius. Yeah, I'm too afraid of that. <laughs> That's a reach. I'm too, I, I'm too afraid to ask. I have no idea. I okay. In trouble. So, All right, speaking of Admiral Akbar. Speaking of Admiral Akbar. So I mentioned that you're a talented writer. Um, you have your own website called Shantacular.com. And one of the things that you wrote on there, which shout out to Shantacular.com. You should definitely visit the site. Sean is a wizard with words, and he, he's he got uh, some Star Wars content, but overall just some other great content. But the one uh, the one thing that you wrote, what would you describe it as? Is um, it a memoir? I wrote it as like a... Inner dialogue? I don't know. It just struck me one day. I'm like, you know, what was probably going through Admiral Akbar's mind when... Uh, battle for the return of the Jedi ended. Yeah. Uh, I felt like nobody was nobody was willing to go there. Yeah. Nobody was brave enough to dive deep into those depths, but I did. Well, at the very end of the battle, you see Admiral Akbar just kind of 
That was it. That was the moment. I saw that and something inside of me changed. And I said, well, something's going on. He kind of leans back and slumps. And I would say that maybe it's like an hour after that is when this inner dialogue takes place. Um, I'm not, I can't read the whole thing. I would much prefer you to go to seantacular.com. We'll tag it in the show notes and read it for yourself. But I did highlight a couple of excerpts that I thought were quite captivating. Um, We'll jump right into it. For the opening line is uh, it's called it's a trap it's a trap those were the last words so many doomed soldiers would hear from their commander the words of a fool skip a little bit down I told them the force would be with us as if appealing to ancient traditions and muttering empty prayers could soften the morbid reality that I was catapulting the strong innocent and brave into their meaningless end they trusted my instincts and where their faith brought them, and where has their faith brought them? Death, slow fading embers of ash, and the cold emptiness of space. <laughs> and there's, it just keeps going on and on, and it's it's just Admiral Akbar after Battle of Endor dealing with the fact that he was the one responsible <laughs> for the death of so many rebellion soldiers and loss of so many ships. What do you think about it, Sean? I just like to clarify. I'm a happy guy. <laughs> I, you know, I'm an up, I'm an upbeat person. <laughs> you are, but I, I don't want people to get the idea that that's the kind of stuff I write about all the time. You know what, though, any good writer can go deep, and I think you went deep with this. It's uh, true. It's like Robin Williams. He was sad because he was funny. He was funny because he was sad. Would you classify yourself in that? Hope not. I hope not too. I think that this is some good stuff. It'd be kind of cool to play Genie, though, in Aladdin. Like Will Smith? Let's not talk about him. <laughs> All right. What else? What well, else? You printed that out. I printed it. Every time I read it, I laugh. <laughs> it's a sad I can't story. get through it without <laughs> laughing. It's so funny to think that everybody... <laughs> you go into it at one point, like, everybody's on Endor just partying with the... With the uh, Ewoks and everybody's having a great time and it's the it's over and then you just imagine Akbar in the corner just dealing with what he's done and the mistake that he made. I love it. I would highly be a good commander if he didn't. That's true. That's very true. I mean, he um he's the one that sent them. He thought I can't. I'll just have to have you guys read it. I I brought literally like three or four lines out of it, but it's about seven paragraphs, eight paragraphs long. Um, what else did I want to thank you for enjoying that Sean everything you re- everything you read I I'm on pins and needles waiting to see what's going to happen next what I wanted you to talk through did there's you read a- my most recent one I haven't yet wow <laughs> <laughs> but I can't wait any uh, minute now <laughs> I wanted you to talk through you have another article you wrote or excerpt whatever you want to call it um, it's called Everyone is Wrong About Luke Skywalker and I Can't Take It Anymore. Yes, Everyone is Wrong About Luke Skywalker and I Can't Take It Anymore. What it's is true. What is that all about? You know, there was a there was a problem I noticed. Um, after uh, Return of the Jedi, um, people kind of had this weird idea of who Luke Skywalker was and who Luke Skywalker should be. Mm-hmm. And in, uh, you know, the public's defense, it's like we had, what was it, 1983? We had 20-something years of... All those extra canon books, right? And the different ways that people 
felt Luke Skywalker could could continue onward as a character. Right. And so it, it was kind of like a natural thing of like, oh, he's going to be a, a a Jedi master. He's going to start a school. He's going to raise his son and his niece and his nephews, and he's going to still have adventures. He's totally going to get married right. to a redhead lady. And, um, you know, he's going to still be like this superhero champion. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is when people went and saw The Last Jedi. Right. That's not what he was. Right. He was like the opposite. Yeah. And so what happened is it seemed like so many people got angry and upset and like went nuts Mm -hmm. because they felt like this wasn't even the right uh, character anymore. I mean, there's like a thing out there where people don't call him Luke Skywalker. They call him Jake Skywalker. Because the idea (laughs) is that he's not even really the character. Right. He's like a he's like a clone. But I was always upset by this response to The Last Jedi Mm -hmm. because I felt like this kind of idea, this archetype of a character who has their downfall, Mm -hmm. even though they were like a hero at one point and now they're, you know, this like uh, miserable, lonely hermit. Mm -hmm. That's not a new idea. That's something in media that I think is a trope. It's actually, I think, called the broken pedestal trope. Mm Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, the uh, classic Shia LaBeouf film, Surf's Up, uh, <laughs> uh, featured this. You also had um, uh, a very important uh, and memorable episode of the TV show on Nickelodeon, Hey Arnold, sure. that had this as well. The point is, the idea is you have your hero broken, and that sets him up to have a more important and meaningful redemption arc. Mm-hmm. And what kind of bugged me so much was it seemed like people just forgot how storytelling works. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't expect them to understand everything. Yeah. But you can't like, you can't just leave Luke Skywalker the same after 30 years. Like he can't just be the same guy. Sure. It doesn't work like that. You change over time. You, as a character, you you go through up and downs. You go through trials and conflicts. Yeah. You have disappointments. You have trauma. Mm-hmm. And so it seemed like there was like no way for me to, I just, I felt like I couldn't tell people what was wrong with them. Mm-hmm. So I had to write it down. You wrote it down. You dove deep. A couple thousand words. I loved it. I love every minute of it. And you know what? I I think for myself, watching Last Jedi, um, you've always been my, I don't know, you bring me back to center, I guess, because walking out. The sounding board. You're my sounding board. Every time I walk out of the theater. I'm going like, to Google that real quick. Every, <laughs> every, time, every time we saw a new Star Wars, you know, seven comes out, eight comes out, nine comes out. We were always there opening night. And every time I would walk out of the theater saying, that was the most amazing Star Wars I've ever seen. And you whispered like that, too, when you I, did it. I you did. didn't want to get in trouble. No, I didn't. Plus, we were always opening night, first showing, and people are walking into the theater as we're standing in the lobby talking about the movie. Yeah. Um, you got to keep your spoilers at a Can you believe whisper. they shaved Chewbacca? <laughs> <laughs> That's something your brother would say, just to throw people off. Uh, but I walked out of Last Jedi kind of feeling indifferent to Luke's character and what they had done. Like, I didn't hate it, but I wasn't right. like, you know, like, that was the greatest storytelling ever. Uh, it was 
I kind of see what you're saying, though, because they had so much time in between the movies where you're right. There were so many books and so many legends and canon that had been written and people already had an idea of what Luke was. So it, you know, Ryan Johnson is faced with a decision where do I go my own unique original route or do I just play it up for the fans and go ultimate fan service and just do what everybody expects? Yeah, and I don't think I don't think anybody wanted that. Yeah, well. Let me rephrase that. People might have wanted that, but that's not what they needed. Mm. They needed deep storytelling. Right. And I think, you know, honestly, you know, moving away from just like The Last Jedi, in general, that's what I think movies should do. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I've never heard it said better than this. You know, art is not truth. Art is a lie that makes us understand truth. And so what I've always believed is good movies, what makes a movie good is if it can teach something about life Mm -hmm. and it like, it means something. And this applies to dramas, obviously, but it works for comedies. Okay. It works for kids movies, it works for documentaries, obviously, because it's revealing something real. Yeah. And so it's like with the last Jedi, I mean, we could, we will probably spend countless hours dissecting the sequel trilogy, mm-hmm. what it was doing right, what it probably was trying to do right, and everything else that went wrong. Right. But when I saw The Last Jedi and I saw Luke Skywalker, actually, you know, it was the exact moment when he, it was the very first scene he's in, mm-hmm. he has a lightsaber and he chucks it over his shoulder. Now, I had not seen any trailers for The Last Jedi. I went out of my way to avoid it. I did the same thing. You you convinced me to do that because I asked you. I said somebody the internet was buzzing about a trailer that coming out, and you said, no, I'm not even going to go. I'm going to go in completely blind. I don't want to watch a single trailer. Right. I don't want to see a single spoiler. And I said, dang, I'm going to try to do that too. So I did, yeah. and I was happy I did. And it's like I didn't have any pretext for what it would be like to see this movie, what Luke was going to do. I didn't have any, in fact, it was funny is we would be in the movie theater and I would have to like shut my eyes and put my hands over my ears to avoid <laughs> yeah. the trailers because I right. couldn't leave. Well, you go to the movies more than anybody I know. I mean, you've got the exclusive membership to um, AMC shut out, right? Like you're there every other day, basically. I don't think they're going to give us a sponsor, but, well, but you know, I've popcorn. seen Nicole Kidman talk about the magic of filmmaking more than I literally <laughs> ever have needed to in my lifetime. Sean's the guy where it's like, dude, we got a seven o'clock showing and he goes, we have until until seven twenty three guys. There's about 23 <laughs> minutes of AMC propaganda. That's going to play. <laughs> if only I could just, if only they put Nicole Kidman at the start. Yeah. Anywhere else than like literally right before the movie begins. It's always the point where you are like more than ready for it to start. And then they play the three minute clip of AMC, but that's showbiz. Yeah. But we we walk out of The Last Jedi, and I'm like, yo, that was so cool with what they did with Luke's character. Now, it hadn't set, it hadn't set in stone for me yet how I would ultimately be kind of disappointed with how it ends. Sure. I, didn't, I don't think ultimately um, they should have killed off Luke's character. That was probably the wrong decision mm-hmm. versus keeping Leia alive. But regardless, right. we walked out of that movie, and I'm like, easily the best idea in that whole movie is that Luke is like this disillusioned like broken character. Sure. It's it's like perfect setup 
mm-hmm. for like what it really means to be a hero. And mm-hmm. it's like such a zeitgeist thing. You know, you got the the optimistic millennial and she finds her disillusioned boomer. <laughs> and it's like a perfect setup for like really good conflict. Yeah. And kind of engaging these characters in new ways that has never happened before. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is going to be cool. This is like, I'm so excited for whatever the the third film in this trilogy is. Like, it's going to be nuts. Right. It wasn't. Right. (laughs) It didn't turn out the way it should have. But regardless, ultimately, I felt like the the direction they were trying to take Luke Skywalker in Mm -hmm. was the correct direction. Okay. It didn't land. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, uh... It fell apart somewhere over Fiji. All right, we're going to hit a quick reset. We had our recording pause for a second, but you were saying lost it somewhere over Fiji, and we couldn't recover the black box. And then you made a comment that it was lost, the J.J. Abrams show. Maybe that's why the recording stopped. Shoot. The numbers. We shouldn't have. We shouldn't have. Uh, we Never should have said it. We shouldn't have drawn the connection. All right, let's. Scott, we'll move on now. We'll move on. Okay. Um. So <laughs> there's a there's quite a few more things that you had written on seantacular.com and you had kind of talked about um, being able to just get these out of your mind, and you weren't necessarily looking to gain an audience or an influence from it, but. Uh, I, a lot of what you, you write on there is very entertaining, and, and I would definitely suggest the audience pop on to the link in the show notes. A couple other of your titles on the website. Uh, Thanos was mostly right. I'll let you guys dive into that one. Gemini Man was a great idea, executed poorly. And your most recent blog post is Parasocial Relationships or Why Chris Pratt Has Somehow Been Cast as Mario. And we won't. That dive. one's important. That's the one to read. You haven't read it yet. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I probably will. <laughs> yeah, that one. Uh, that one took me a long time to write, and uh, it, it's one of those. It's one of those weird uh, things I started writing, and I it weirdly became more relevant over time, mm-hmm. and so I had to like keep rewriting it <laughs> until uh, I finally said, "Just put it out." Well. I'm shouting all this out, not because you're my cousin, but because every time I read something you write, it's genuinely captivating, and I think it's done very well. You're a talented writer. Um, Thank you, buddy. Let's move on. Uh, I did want to touch on what is your favorite Star Wars movie? Uh, Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. Yeah. I think you're in the minority there, so I'll I'll let you briefly describe why. Uh, To summarize, The Phantom Menace, I believe, is the Star Wars film... That George Lucas most likely, in fact, I'm certain, put the most time into developing Mm. in his mind and in his heart. That makes sense. So that's, uh, that movie came out in 1999. Uh, Return of the Jedi was 83. So uh, that is a 16-year gap. And I think that means it had the most time spent thinking about it. Yeah. So, um... I cannot defend uh, the Phantom Mass right now. Can't do it. It's too it's too close to the heart. Yeah. But I am currently trying to work on a. Um, I believe I'm just going to probably call it in defense of the Phantom Menace. 
an excessive analysis of Star Wars Episode One. Um, I haven't. I've only kind of just started. Well, to be to be honest, I started a couple years ago, and I got a little bit into it, and then I kind of like you know just things fell. Things fell. Things fell. Uh, things kind of just didn't. Uh, I got distracted. Mm -hmm. um, so it's only like seventy-five pages right now, and um, I'm not very far into my analysis. I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm even off the Trade Federation ship yet. <laughs> so you're two percent through the movie, seventy-five pages deep. Yeah, maybe one percent. One percent. Yeah, because it's not just the movie; it's also like all the social culture and stuff around the movie. I want to kind of analyze. Well, I think that makes sense. That is definitely the one I think George Lucas poured his heart and soul into the most. Um, and then everybody tore his heart to pieces when they didn't like it. Completely. Uh, I would say check it's out. Like, it's like when somebody calls your daughter ugly. And you're like, guys, she's three months old. <laughs> <laughs> Give her a break. <laughs> You know, Sean, you go on different trails, and I never know where it's going, but it's always worth listening to. Um, so, recap, if you hated Luke Skywalker in Last Jedi, I would suggest hopping on to SeanTagler.com and at least hear him Give out. Give him a try. Give him a try. Give him a try. Just listen to him. I think that you break it down pretty well. All right. We can move on. Um, something I wanted to bring up with you, Sean. I'm glad you have the show notes because I don't. I'm, I know I'm you not don't. I'm paying attention at all. I put these show about. notes together in approximately 27 minutes because I knew everything I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, a conversation took place at my workplace somewhat recently, and I immediately thought of you when it happened. We started talking about Xbox Live gamer score. You are Shantacular because of your Xbox Live gamer tag. Is that not correct? That is true. That kind of was a was something I started a long time ago. I can't remember. Is it just straight Shantacular? No numbers. No, it's it was it's probably Shantacular two one eight. Okay. Because back in the day, everybody was putting numbers on the end. Of the I feel years. like it was early enough though where you could have had it just be Shantacular, which is an even uh, bigger flex because nobody just has a simple gamer tag name. It's always Shantacular underscore x three seven x right underscore. So you could have done it. I mean, so that's this not is... the gamer tag I use now for the most part in the stuff I I'm on. Sure, but that was the Xbox One that I just never was able to change for years. So. Well, back in 2007 or so, your gamer score was the biggest flex. I mean, big true. You sign online and you see that number right away. I actually looked mine up because and that's how you know whether or not somebody has a life. That's true, but it's also, I mean, a crowning achievement if you are flexing a big score. Mine was mine currently. I didn't even know mine was thirty-two thousand, like three hundred. Nice. Uh, I haven't played Xbox in a while. When when Xbox One, no, what's the newest one? The one before the newest one. I can't remember. Basically, it when makes play, me so happy. When play, you're, you're confused, <laughs> it, it validates and vindicates so many things. When when PlayStation Four came out, like the only time I mostly play is oh when, PlayStation Four, the fourth PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had a good system there. When that one came out, most of my buddies got that. And I had never, I hadn't been a PlayStation owner. I was exclusively Xbox. Because like I said previously, episodes, uh, I was a Halo guy. So I was Xbox all the way. But all my buddies got PlayStations and I wasn't going to play alone on Xbox. So I ended up getting a PlayStation and I haven't really played much Xbox since. You think that's where Beyonce got the name of her, that one song she sings? I guarantee it. Okay. Which one? Uh, Survivor. 
Because isn't that like an achievement in, in Halo? Probably. Well, I wanted to dive into that. So, Sean, what... I don't know if you know your current score. What was your gamer score? I did score? not know until you brought it up and I looked it up just now. You were on a... I remember you were on a quest. Yeah, I I at some point, um, you know, I didn't have a girlfriend. I didn't have friends. I didn't have a wife. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't know what to do with my life. I was, I was a young man and I thought to myself... I'm going to get a hundred thousand gamer score. Shoot. And that'll make me happy. Did it? Did it before you. <laughs> um, still happy. <laughs> yes. Very happy. Um, you were, everybody needs a goal and you said it. Yeah. So I actually, I did the thing where I, I don't, uh, I remember Gamefly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I started using Gamefly. The I started, Netflix of I gaming. started pulling in all those, all those janky yeah, early Xbox 360 games <laughs> that you got achievements in like five minutes. Yeah. And I just started cranking them out. You did. Um, yeah. I remember like frequently I would check to see where you were at. Yeah. And you would be playing games that I had never heard of. Nobody had ever heard of. Hannah Montana, the movie, the game. <laughs> I, for I forgot all about that one until I saw it today. <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, there was, I remember you hooked me up. There was a website that would break down the achievements. Yeah, yeah. It would give you a description because I mean, for anybody who had never played Xbox, you get a game, let's call it, you know, let's say you get Halo 3. Halo 3 would come with 50 to 60 achievements, yeah. these things that you had to do within the game to earn points. And then those points would be tied to your gamer tag. Yeah. Um, and some of the achievements would be really hard. Some of them would be super easy. If you're just playing the story mode, you're going to you're going to get them along the way. Um, some of them were ridiculous, though, and they would make you do these re just things you would never do in the game. Time spent doing a specific activity True. over and over again to earn achievements. It was the Klondike bar of the video game world. What would you do? Yeah. For that achievement. Yeah. For that. -dunk, and that. <laughs> That uh, <laughs> that notification yeah, pop up. There was nothing better than it though, and especially when you got one by surprise, you didn't even know what you were yeah. doing, and all of a sudden you'd get one. When you think about it, it was actually a genius idea. Oh, because yeah. there is something about the psychology, yeah, of getting that little notification, that little feedback, yeah, that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you are achieving something, you're unlocking something. Yeah. It promotes you to keep trying games longer than you probably would. Absolutely. So you you hooked me up because then like you you started racking up gamer score, and I remember texting you. I was like, dude, what are some games I could play that would get me an easy? You know, usually it was a thousand. A game if you if you got every single achievement, you'd get a yeah. thousand. Some were twelve fifty. You know, some of the more intense games yeah, or popular and games. DLC would add something. Right. But I remember you were like, dude, go to Blockbuster right now, two thousand seven. And get the King Kong, the movie, the video game. <laughs> and this was right after right. Peter Jackson's King Kong came out. And it was like eight achievements. If you get eight, if you just beat the story on like the medium difficulty, yeah. you get a thousand gamers. Which score. took like what, two hours? Two hours, maybe. Shorter than the movie. Whereas, yeah. <laughs> whereas other games, you would have to play the game 17 times through to get all thousands. So this was like an easy thousand. But I remember there was a glitch in the game, and that's why I brought it up, because it should have taken me two hours. But I, for whatever reason, one of the achievements would not unlock. And I had to play the story mode that's like right. four times. Yeah. And then I finally got it, and then I, I was like four days late on my Blockbuster return. 
What are you going to do, though? Had to get that thousand. I don't think they cared. No. At that point in their lives. No, they were. You know, I actually looked it up. I never played King Kong, the movie, the game. Wow. Isn't that nuts? That is nuts. And I know why. I remembered why. I got it in the mail from Gamefly, and it was it just never worked. <laughs> Scratched or whatever it was. I just couldn't get it to work. Well, mine barely worked, too, and I had to play it three times over. Yeah, so I finally looked at... Uh, I finally looked at my score today. I did get 100,000 at some point. I remember that, yeah. I remember the game that finally got the last, and it was 100,000 even. And I remember oh, the last nice. game, the, the final achievement I got, it was like Grand Theft Auto Five, I think. And I had to, I think it was just like, hey, take a car to the mechanic and change its color. <laughs> it was very simple. Yeah. And then, you know, I do that, and there's like a, well, I did it. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know if I feel better about okay, myself. Okay, so I did it. Uh, what was, is that one of your most memorable ones then? No. What's your most memorable achievement you unlocked? Honestly, dude, it's probably it's probably like completing some of those Call of Duty games on Veteran. Oh, sure. I mean, especially like Modern Warfare. Because mm-hmm. Modern Warfare was a sojourn mm-hmm. to beat that game on veteran difficulty at the time for me. Like, you know, you get the mile high club achievement by beating that kind of bonus level at the very end on veteran. Yeah. Which is just a gauntlet. Right. It's just madness for like 60 seconds. Yeah. And I reset and died on that like hundreds of times. Yeah. But I couldn't stop. I couldn't no. give up. No, there's no way you were going to. And that, it was a triumph I, of the human spirit. I'd say one of my, my hardest was probably like beat Halo 3 on Legendary. Yeah. Acquire all the skulls. All, like that, I remember specific levels where you've got snipers on the rooftops and if you walk out they're gonna headshot you yeah immediately um that was you know those were highlights for sure getting i like to think that before achievements i was a boy Mm. and they made me a man at least a middle-aged teenager because a man (laughs) because a man plays a video game on the hardest difficulty word even though there is nothing to be gained <laughs> at the end of the, at the end of the day. Well, so I haven't I haven't turned my Xbox on in a long time. I haven't played uh, any of that in a while. Uh, my final score, I think I checked, was about one hundred twenty seven thousand something. Dang. So, of that was I think thirty three games I one hundred percented. Dang, that's crazy. Which is not a lot when you think about. It, I probably there's probably like over a hundred games. The thing is though, there are games I was looking a little bit like the Batman games. I never got into the grand theft autos, but I can imagine those two where there's, there's like 80 achievements and you have, you played the game for a hundred hours and you're still only 53% through the achievements or like trying gears of war was like, Oh yeah. Just kill a hundred thousand enemies. Yeah. And it's like, dude, don't (laughs) (laughs) well i wanted to bring that up so i one of my it wasn't my hardest one but one of my my uh most memorable achievements i got it was the superman returns game the superman returns the movie the game Yeah, i'm glad you brought that up and uh one of them was frequent flyer yeah travel ten thousand miles travel ten thousand miles I I, i didn't do it i did it and it took me like 19 straight days of me Rubber banding, rubber banding your my controller and taping down the yeah so that he could fly around in circles and it was just just a gauntlet just every day like all right here we go like make sure my batteries are charged i'm gonna set i'm gonna set this thing down and then you come back and for whatever reason like the rubber band came off yeah. and it's like 
how long has it been sitting like this? I how many miles am I at? Mom, <laughs> mom, did you do this? Mom. Well, An- another one was the. Well, here's uh, the thing about that achievement. I got all of the achievements in in that game except that one. Oh man! And so I was like, well, surely I got it. And then I looked, I didn't. That that gamer that that achievement was worth twenty gamer score, dude. Yeah, twenty. And it took me like nineteen days to get it. Another one was. Uh, uh, heavy lifting, yeah, which lift. is lift 10,000 tons. Pick stuff up and put it down for a while. Right. Like a long while. I, I looked it up and the daily planet. Yeah. Uh, there's was, a there's a globe at the top of the, the daily planet. That was the heaviest object in the game. That yeah. You could pick up and I would pick it up and throw over. it for two straight hours. Yeah. And it's like, what what am I what game would would get you so captivated that you're willing to pick up and throw a globe with Superman. Let's be clear. That game, that, that was not a good game. No. Nothing about it captivated you. True. It was just you couldn't let it defeat you. <laughs> that's what it is. And that's the genius of the marketing behind the achievements is yeah. I will not be defeated by this. I will lift 10,000 tons. I don't care how long it takes. Have me. you ever heard about the Superman dilemma? Which one? Like I, I use this, I use this actually, this, uh, it's kind of this theory all the time. The Superman dilemma is, it's just an illustration for a concept, which is, Superman has to save the world every time. Mm-hmm. Every time he has to win. Lex Luthor, he's only got to destroy the world once. Right. And so I just kind of think about like the Superman dilemma with the achievements is I can't let Lex Luthor win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a bad guy. That's the psychology. One thing that that game did have, though, you didn't want to get every achievement in that game because one of the achievements was use a cheat code and you would get zero gamer score, which oh, basically no. is just a red, a scarlet letter I branding. You got that achievement. I did that. <laughs> it's a scarlet letter to say this guy got all the achievements, but look at the top one, zero gamer score. He used a cheat code. Brilliant. Just brilliant job, Xbox, Microsoft, Superman Returns developers you know somebody once looked up like what's the most common achievement name in video games Mm -hmm. it was super disappointing it was like completionist (laughs) yeah or like perfectionist yeah it's like well you are me feel bad about my life i would like i said i was a halo guy so you are shantacular because of triple kill shantacular shantacular (laughs) Shantacular. <laughs> they never did change the the voiceover for that. I don't know. No, why. why would they? I haven't played the newest one yet because I don't have the newest Xbox. Halo Infinite. Yeah. More like Halo waiting an infinite amount of time for it to come out. Halo. <laughs> got him. Got. Got. <laughs> they got me. I think. <laughs> you know. You know what's funny though is uh, Halo Infinite. Like I, it is weird that I. I mean, we were way into Halo for a long time. Very. It shaped our lives. I would say so. And um, I don't give a dang anymore. Yeah, I see. I see clips and videos, and I I have the itch to play. Um, but you know, time is money these I'll days. I'll tell you when I stopped liking Halo. I think it was when they started getting weird with Cortana. Sure. Like, dude, she's a computer. <laughs> you got you got to stop. Yeah, I do need to watch the show. I said last episode I would binge it. I have yet to do that. I'll have to get into it with David next week. Um, I'm going to give you a little spoiler warning. Bring it. You won't like it. Oh. I'm really looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Well, shoot. Say it. Speaking of what I have to say, I want to hear what you have to say. About what? That was the best transition that's ever been done in the oh, history yeah. of 99 Nerds. Okay. 
Sean, you just saw Doctor Strange. I saw The Strange. Give me your thoughts. Here's what we're going to do, people. Sean is going to give us a spoiler-free review, and then he's going to not give us a spoiler-free review. He's going to go deep and just tell us everything we need to know. I have not seen it yet, but I am willing to allow Sean to... I was thinking about potentially leaving the room to let you go off about this. That spoilers. would be really weird. It would be weird. It would just be talking like, to the wall. True. But I'm, I'm going to get into this with you. So, Dr. Strange, what would you give it out of 10? I give it 4 out of 5. I don't do 10. Rookie. No, it's because the, 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 you're the opposite. It's, of it's, e, it's easier to just kind of weigh out a st- uh, one out of five. Than Four a, out of five. Than, than a ten. Where does it rank in the MCU? Um, somewhere between Avengers: Endgame and Thor: Dark World. Somewhere between. <laughs> somewhere in there. So top three. <laughs> Uh, top four. So it's number two. <laughs> Most definitely, yeah. Of all the Doctor Strange movies, it's it's definitely in the top two. Okay. Yeah. That's important to know. What are some of the movies you say, like, you got to watch this before you go see Doctor Strange? I really, I do wish I watched, I had rewatched Doctor Strange 1. Sure. Um, there's characters in that movie that I was like, I kind of remember him, but I, and I felt bad because I felt like I, I probably would have gotten more out of it if I was more familiar. Yeah. So. Strange is actually the Doctor Strange is actually one of the few within those first couple acts of MCU that I did not see in the theaters. I okay. watched it on uh, Netflix, Disney Plus, whichever did one it came see out. It in the theaters? That one guy did. Uh, Cumberbatch. No, I, my understanding is he doesn't watch himself in his movies. What a chatch. I mean, if I was an, if I was an actor, I don't think I'd see myself in my movies either. I don't watch these. Videos. Like even every time the camera switches towards me, I gotta. Look I gotta, away. I gotta look away. Understandable. Yeah, I'm not really used to it yet either. There's something about seeing yourself in a video. It's like one thing to look at a mirror. But when you look at yourself in a video, it's trig- when, it's and, triggering. And when you hear your voice enough, yeah. It drives you nuts. And I'm on I'm on video a lot for my job, so True. Yeah. And then imagine trying to edit yourself. I've been doing it with these videos. Brutal. Nice. Do you realize how much you say um and and uh Fart noises. Well, the good news is you can have Dave do that because Dave loves to watch himself. Mm, word. Speaking of Dave, mm-hmm. he missed Mother's Day. He did. Speaking of Mother's Day. He's in Nashville. I'm hoping he brings me back some of their fine Nash. I uh, they have the best Yeah, speaking of uh, Mother's Day, mm. let's talk about mom. Okay. Multiverse of Madness. Oh. <laughs> Um, it's interesting that because was the best transition. How about how about how about this? Let's why don't you let's let's talk for just two minutes. I'll kind of be spoiler free. Cool. And I'll spend five minutes talking spoilers. Dope. So one of the things about the film that actually is really great is Sam Raimi as the director. Sam Raimi uh directed the Spider Man uh, original Toby Maguire Spider Man trilogy. Mm-hmm. He is uh the guy who did Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness. He's he's a um, he's a guy with a kind of a interesting style and there's something kind of cool about the way he does things. He brings a little bit of a camp to what he does like a little, it's like a little tongue in cheek at times mm-hmm. he knows it's a movie. And then what I also think was great about Dr. Strange wasn't just that kind of hokey sense at times, but it's a, it's a movie that has a lot of like thriller horror elements to mm-hmm. it. Which again, it's PG thirteen. None of it is like too morbid or anything. Yeah. But it's kind of creative how 
um, the multiverse of madness isn't just like, isn't just like a fun journey through the multiverse. It like, it's weird and creepy and mm-hmm. dark. And uh, the villain of the film is really creepy and dark. Okay. And so there's a, there's something about the film that works so well as a, a continuation of Dr. Strange as a character. I realize um, what's great about Dr. Strange is he had his movie, you know, it wasn't that great. Right. But what's, what's interesting is they've kept him around repeatedly through so many other MCU films. Right. They just keep bringing him back. Yeah. And so by the time you see Dr. Strange too, you feel very familiar with this character. Yeah. And so when you get to see him on his own, what's great is no longer is he just solving the problems other people's problems in this movie the movie does try to explore how he's been affected by everything that's been happening the snap and everything all that it it demonstrates how he needs to kind of uh get a catharsis about some of the things he's gone through okay uh he's got that girl who he was in love with and the nature of the relationship is very different now because of uh what's gone on in the last few movies and all those movies in between um he also in the movie you get this idea that dr strange is simultaneously trying to be responsible for everything Mm -hmm. while not doing anything for himself okay and so as a character you kind of feel like okay dr strange are you gonna are you going to save the day or are you just going to give up and take a break? Mm. But he's got to save the day. Interesting. That's as vague as I can, as I can make it. I, I think. think you're doing a great <laughs> job avoiding any. Major yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to talk around because so much of what happens in the movie is what determines his character arc. Okay. And uh, what happens to his friends and his allies in the movie. So it's not like uh, it's not easy to talk about why the movie's really good without talking about specific moments that happen. Okay. Um, well, let me say this. So I watched, I've seen the trailers and I watched the Dr. Strange. What if episode? Did you watch that? I did. Is that important to watch? Um, great question. I don't think so. No, but I, I think it wasn't worthless. It wasn't worth, I think it might have, uh, I haven't seen, I haven't seen it in a while to be honest. That's why I'm okay. not sure if it comes up. That's the one where he goes dark and he starts consuming all of those ancient beings to gain more power so that ancient he can, beans? They're like animals. They're like eats an octopus. Oh beings. Yeah. Beans. Like be- <laughs> beans. Like from uh from Beans? The, yeah, from the beans. D- the Disney Channel TV show. Beads? <laughs> Your boy Shia LaBeouf. That's a what was that show? Arrested even, Development. Even Steven, yeah, that's <laughs> Um. Yeah. So, Doctor Beads. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange Two. I'd recommend. I okay. thought it was very good. Um. All right. This is the point I think where we can switch. Sean has given his spoiler-free uh rundown. This is the point where if you do not want to be spoiled for Doctor Strange, shut it off. Just skip ten minutes forward. No, let's, let's do this. I'm gonna set a timer for exactly five minutes. He's gonna a five minute skip, and then just to be safe. Skip it five and a half minutes. Uh, we're not going to say anything really important. I mean, you skip 30 seconds of the show, you're not going to miss anything. 
right? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Or maybe you'll miss something major. But if you are listening to this now and you do not want to be spoiled, then you're a dummy because you need to skip right now. But you are listening to the show, which makes you not dummy. And we're going to start the timer right now. Okay. Sean, spoil me. Three, three, two, one. So first of all, what's great is the trailer does not do a very good job of... Um, actually, I should say this. The trailer does a great job of not telling you at all what the movie's really about. Okay, that's first good. First of all, Wanda is the villain definitively Whoa. the villain well now it's not even like well she's kind of a villain and later by the end of the movie a real villain shows up and her and dr strange have to work together to complete yeah to defeat the threat the threat no wanda's dark shoot she goes off the deep end and what's interesting is that is that is the arc of the film remember like i said mother's day Multiverse of Madness, Mom. I could not help but think that it. they probably were thinking ahead mm-hmm. when they launched this film on Mother's Day weekend because the movie focuses entirely on her and the fallout of... Uh, WandaVision. Yeah, WandaVision, where she had to essentially make her children and her love interest, Vision, disappear. She yeah. kind of constructed them in her imagination or her mind using witchcraft and she had to let him go right well in this movie she just can't get over it Mm. particularly the fact that she's got two kids right that she loved like crazy so the movie sets up this idea with the multiverse that it's possible it's not likely but it's possible she can travel through the multiverse to be with them get yeah be with her kids to get with her kids okay and that singular motivation Mm-hmm. is such a deep wound for her as a character. She is willing to do anything and mm. hurt anyone to get it. Gotcha. And so the core... And they leave of off the movie, WandaVision where she has become uber, uber powerful. Yeah. Like she acquires the She acquires the this, yeah, this Darkhold book. Yeah. So what's interesting about the film is the, the parallel between what Wanda's trying to do and what Doctor Strange is going through. In the movie, he is uh, he's lost his girl Christine to somebody else. She's getting married to somebody else, yeah. and he he's you know he's heartbroken. Rachel McAdams, right? He can't necessarily change it, um, but he has to um, he has to find a way. Oh God, it's awful. I got it. I got it. We're good. Help, Austin. Help. 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 Let me get your camera. Help. So, uh, Wanda, I have two minutes. Wanda is heartbroken <laughs> and she's got to overcome the fact that she doesn't have her kids and she's willing to do anything to come back. Okay. Dr. Strange, he has lost his love interest right. and he's continually tempted in the movie to possibly find a way to get her back. Change it. Through yeah. the power of the multiverse and just meeting her up, meeting up with somebody else in another multiverse. Right. Now, um, mixed between that is the other character, this girl, America Chavez, weird name, but that's her name, America Chavez. She's the girl who can travel the multiverse and kind of sets up the plot. Mm-hmm. She's kind of the, she's not the MacGuffin, but the idea is everybody's looking for her because she's got a power okay. to travel through the multiverse. And so Doctor Strange and uh, Wanda, they have a very similar need. Mm-hmm. They need to let go. 
It's the only way they'll be free. They have to let go of what they lost. Sure. And it's interesting that the movie wraps around this idea. Wanda won't let go. Mm -hmm. And because of that, everything happens. People get killed. People Mm. get destroyed. Things are, I mean, she decimates and destroys things. So it's basically WandaVision on 11D. In a lot of ways, yeah. And Doctor Strange is the character who, over the course of the film, only by finally letting go, Mm. giving up control of the things he can't control, is he able to uh, eventually, you know, win the day. Gotcha. And he has to defeat her again. She's she's the villain. Shoot. It does not, you know. And it, it's interesting too because again, it, it I only got a little bit more time, but Sam Raimi, the the dark kind of like side of him as a filmmaker, it comes out in some really brutal ways Dang. in that movie. All right, I'm gonna fix your camera too in here in a second. Fix me, dog. All right. Time's up. Spoilers over. Nobody even knows we uh, ruined the movie. Nobody knows. For Austin. It's fine. I'll see it. He's out of focus. And I'll yell out the ending. And he's got a weird thing on his face. You know, normally Sean's in the back orchestrating all this while David's yammering about something. He does do that. And now he's... <laughs> I probably yammer the most. This chair just broke. I go yammer mode. It's not the best chair. We found it. We used it. Okay. All right. Well, we're in your mom's basement. You know, there's, 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 there's this this bed sheet. We got me. snacks. He's he's got he's got the pretzels. You got you got the Star Wars memorabilia in the middle of the table. You can't that even see cannot it. Cannot be seen. You can't see it. Even though it's really cool. David's like, let's put it here. Let's make like you know, it'll be cool. We got the Iden from last time. This was in the first episode. There go the pretzels. Um, Ahsoka's lightsaber case is here, but the lightsabers are gone. <laughs> Speaking fine. of Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Instagram is going ham right now. All I see is nothing but pictures of an Ahsoka director's chair. They have officially started production. Sean, what do you think is going to happen in Ahsoka? I know that you know more about the character than anybody else, given you haven't seen Clone Wars. I don't know a single thing. Or Rebel. <laughs> she's orange. Yeah. She's got, she's got horns. Not horns. She's a lady. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's got horns that go up and horns that go down. They dangle and they flop. She's not sure of herself mm. at this point, and uh, maybe she is. And um, Anakin is her um, BFF, Jedi Master, which is a, a an egregious retcon, as far as I'm concerned. It's one of the reasons I won't watch Clone Wars. Sean, it works though. No, Ahsoka is um, a baller. And uh, and and hey, you know what? She uh, at some point uses two lightsabers. She does, and uh, one of them is smaller than the other. Uh, Soto, I think is what they call it. A what? A Soto. Who? You got your Hoozy and you got your Soto. And then you do the job. <laughs> Fun fact, there is an episode in Clone Wars. Okay. She's a hero. She's a baller. She's a hero because when I first saw her in that Mandalorian show, she was literally dicing dudes. Well, that's the one I was getting to. Okay. There's an episode. She is on Mandalore. And that's one thing that I love about the show. They basically... Boba Fett shows up in Return of the Jedi. Okay. I'm sorry. Empire Strikes Back. Boba Fett shows up. And, like, you hear the backstory, and it's just like, oh, this will be a cool helmet and armor I'm going to blow your mind real quick. You you want to know why the reason people like Boba Fett and why they grew to admire him as a character? Why is that? One reason. Because he is a character in the story that gets something done. Mm. He doesn't fail. He tracks 
Han Solo across the galaxy, he gets him. Yeah, and that's true. There's something about a villain that just is good as is good at his job. You know what he does? You know what happens as he rolls Han into his slave one? What's that? Achievement unlocked. Han captured. <laughs> but other than that, they give carbonite him- cargo. Yeah. <laughs> forty gamer score. Forty. He travel half across the galaxy for forty points. That's the struggle. But he he's given this cool armor. It's just a dope helmet. That's yeah, all yeah. it is. Dave Filoni takes that dope helmet and he creates this huge storyline. And that's why Mandalorian is the Mandalorian because Clone Wars dives into what is Mandalore? Who are these people? Are there different sects? Do they all get t- along together? Some of them hate each other. You can raise that. Oh. Some of them don't hate each other. Nice. Some of them want peace. Some of them want to conquer over the like galaxy. This, like a like Shrek for 50 minutes. 53 minutes. And so Dave Filoni, just like I said in the first episode, he takes that behind-the-scenes character that walks by and yeah. he tells you all about them. That's what he does with Mandalore on 79. Like, okay. he just goes deep. There's an episode. There is a... Episode 79? No, no, no. It's, well, probably. How many episodes are there? A lot. A few. There's worth. They're all worth watching, except there's a couple droid arcs. Except the Plo, the Plo Koon one. And are the, there anywhere Jar Jar is? Uh, Jar Jar has a girlfriend. So oh now my, I know you're gonna watch. No, but there's an episode. I'll I'll wrap this up real quick because I've been yammering. Uh, Ahsoka shows up on the scene, ignites okay. both sabers, and decapitates five dudes at one time that are surrounding her. Baller move, power move, and that's when you say, "I relate to this girl." If I was ever surrounded by five dudes, they're done. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway. So she's uh she's um she's a protagonist, you're saying. She's a she's, bro protagonist. She's a highly motivated character, one might say. Mm. Maybe that's why people like her. She's cool. She gets the job done. And just like David said, she starts off and she's kind of annoying. She's kind of like a know it all. She thinks she's uber powerful dave knows all about that then she gets <laughs> then she gets humbled and then like you see her story progress but anyway i so I'm, and she's getting her own tv show she's now. getting her own tv show live action where she's tracking down thrawn the the guy from avatar where is thrawn the avatar guy yeah he's blue if you've seen rebels you know where this is all heading um she is going to look for ezra bridger she asks where is thrawn because thrawn is with ezra Okay. That's where this is all leading. Why is Thrawn with Ezra? You got to see the end of uh, Rebels. I don't want to spoil it for you, bro. Um, Is it because they're friends? No. Is it because they're not friends? Exactly. Um, I understand that they cast the uh, young man who played Aladdin. Has that been confirmed? play Ezra. I hope that's the truth, but I was honestly looking it up before this show, and I could not find like a... Thumbs up confirmation. I know that there were a ton of rumors, and that actor said he wants to play Ezra, but I don't know if Disney said, like, yep, he's on the list. They did confirm Hayden Christensen will be Darth Vader at in, some point. In the Soka? Yep. Probably a flashback sequence. Okay. Definitely a flashback sequence, because at this point, this is after he's dead. Uh, but that should be pretty interesting. Um, Sabine Wren has been cast. She's from Rebels. That's exciting. She's a Mandalorian. Retconning everything. You know what though, Sean? This is after Return of the Jedi, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's going to be a flashback dream sequence. Maybe a Force Ghost. Maybe a Force Ghost. I'm going to Force Ghost that show if you shouldn't. Okay. Um, but um, here's what I want to know. 
what do you think about Rosario Dawson as uh, her portrayal? Think, I think it's okay. Do you think it fits? Do you think it does fit? And here's what: if you don't know the character well enough, a lot of people were very confused and upset that she did not take in Grogu. Um, but if you know her story arc, she ain't about the Jedi Order anymore. She's selfish. No, she gets wrecked by the Council. They freaking own her mm, for so no. She, she gets accused so of something she didn't do. She's bitter, and uh, and then you kind of see in season seven like of my Clone least Wars favorite Mountain Dew flavor. Which one's that? <laughs> Code Red. When Rosario Dawson <laughs> um, shows up in that show, yeah, um, in the Mandalorian, yeah, I obviously knew Ahsoka. You knew um, of her. I knew of her enough. She's yeah. a she's a funky female protagonist, yeah. right? Right, right, right. Classic teenage archetype. She's growing up. She's maturing. Yeah. Here's what I don't understand, though. When we find Rosario Dawson's Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. We find that she is, I, it seems to me, she is hell-bent on revenge. Like, she's, like, she dices dudes. She's looking for Thrall. I'm sorry, Thrawn. Thrawn, yeah. That's the only thing that matters. Threatens people. I mean, she was about to cut up the Mandalorian as soon as she saw him. Right. So, I'm wondering, is, does that seem like a, again, because I mentioned earlier, Luke Skywalker, his character can change. Sure. Do you think this is a um, a transformation of her character that's going somewhere interesting? Mm-hmm. Or do you think this is kind of just like a setup where they just need conflict? Like she needs to get to Thrawn, so she's just trying to get there because that's, that's the story we got to tell. Yeah, I could see that. They're trying to set up more conflict than maybe was ready to go at the end of Rebels. Right. Um, but it's all leading to finding Ezra. Uh, okay. You see the key to all of this? <laughs> no, <laughs> but but he, uh, you know, not without spoiling too much, he makes a sacrifice to save his home planet. Dang! At the end of Rebels, so like the opposite of Leia. Well, kind of. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so they know that he's out there somewhere, but they don't know where. He the gets, good, the he good gets, guys know he's out there somewhere. Yeah, but he they gets don't know where. yeeted into hyperspace, and they have no idea where he went. Dang. So they're trying to find him, and he's with Thrawn. So who knows? And, and how many years have passed since okay. this show is starting? I don't know. I don't know the timeline well enough, but that's where this is all headed. I am a little confused about the um, timeline of Rebels. Rebels, does that take place before New Hope? Or during, like immediately before. I watched the first season of Rebels, but I don't know if I ever figured out it's where it fits in the timeline. It is. It starts off before A New Hope. Okay, so we're thinking this is like uh, fifteen years, twelve years ish later. Sure. Okay. I From what I remember, I think Rebels closes out with like a flash forward, okay. um, where like okay, the events. You know, uh, Ezra sacrificed himself right. and X amount of years have passed and the Empire has crumbled and... Um, Just like a really popular cookie company. Crumble cookie. But it's nothing compared to a a baking company, I know. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Nabisco? 
So I'm excited uh, for Ke- uh, Keebler. Keebler, they slap. Uh, yeah, I think Ahsoka is going to be good. I, I, I think Rosario Dawson's portrayal is good. Like I said previously, it's tough to go from animated to real life character, but I'm, I'm excited for it. I think it's worth a story worth exploring and a character that we know well enough, uh, where you're not, you know, like I said about the whole Ray situation. Race. Ray. Ray. Um, Ray. Ray. It sounds like you're excited. I'm excited. I think they can take it a lot of different avenues. And you know Mando's going to show up because he seems to do that in yeah. every new live action show to save the day. He's a straight baller. He, just, he's a, he makes good friends. He's the kind of guy you want to have around. I guess so. He's a good friend. Well, uh, I'll say this about the Ahsoka show. I, uh, I, in a lot of ways, I am actually a little bit more interested in that than the Obi-Wan show. Uh-oh. Which sounds weird, but the, my main reason is because I don't know um, Ahsoka's history. I like, sure. Her, her fate isn't sealed. Right. At some point, she's dead before you get to the sequel trilogy. Confirmed, but not confirmed. Oh, my gosh. They so never said she was dead. Right. What happened to her? No one's ever really gone. So with Obi Wan, the Obi Wan show, um, it 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 fits in a slot that we already know how it's supposed to end. That's true. With Ahsoka, though, I don't know, and I it could go and anywhere. similar to like Mandalorian, I like the idea of a character that I don't feel like has to have an established right lore, and you can get to do something with that character that's new and unique, and I don't think is compromising the character because yeah. you're not trying to fit this story in between right. two fixed points. It's not risky and. They can kind of, they can try some stuff without ruining everything. Exactly. Whereas with Obi Wan, if they try some stuff, they might, they might burn it all down. You know, I, uh, I, I've had to try to, I, because it's coming out in just a, a couple weeks. Yeah. I have had to find a way to accept Obi Wan as a show. Um, you know, yeah. which, which sounds really dramatic for a TV show, <laughs> but it's like okay. I have my biggest gripe, and we'll talk about this endlessly in the future. I have a huge issue with retcon. Yes, you do. I have a really big problem with changing the context of your story and not staying uh, consistent. Yeah. And, you know, you got to have integrity to the story. I got to trust the story. So with Obi-Wan, I don't like the idea of he's going to have all these adventures and he's going to do all these things between... Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Right. Because my logic is he was defeated. He gave up. He just And he's on Tatooine. He hermited it up right. for da- a while. David dove into, at the end of episode two, he dove into the newest trailer. Um, and you clearly see he does not stay on Tatooine, which is right. beyond what I thought would happen. And even the, you know, the idea of the Inquisitors wasn't something I ever liked. Right. I thought it was a shoehorned in sense of conflict mm-hmm. and a raising of the stakes that isn't if you have to tell a story in between that 20 years, then yeah, you got to create some sort of yeah uh, conflict or whatever. Um, so here's what I'll say about Obi-Wan. Um, Obi-Wan as a character in a new hope, mm-hmm. he's older, but and he's wiser, but the, the core characteristic I'd say he has is he's, he's peaceful. Mm-hmm. Like there's something about him. He's just come to peace right. with things. And I would like if in the Obi-Wan show, it is a show about coming to peace okay. with things, you know, 
kind of coming to terms with his failure with Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. And I think that could fit really neatly into A New Hope. Mm-hmm. He gets to face Darth Vader in that hallway right. on the Death Star, and there's no more hate. Right. Like, there's no more regret. There's no more shame. There's no more, you're my brother, Anakin. Right. I love you. Like, no, he's, he's, he's chill. The, they, they, beat the, they beat the sour out of him, right? Sure. I kind of want that. Okay. And uh, exactly how many licks he's got to take to get there, I don't know. Well, we see in the newest trailer, the official trailer, he's using blasters, which makes sense because if you're the most wanted Jedi in the galaxy, you can't pull out your lightsaber. You got to go blaster mode. So I'm anticipating a couple of so uncivilized drops once he starts blasting people left and right. Yeah. No room for elegant weapons of a more civilized age. That's right. That's why your lightsabers are missing from the table right now. Yeah. We don't want them to find us. Well, over's going to Kenobers, and we're excited to see where it goes. A um, couple notes on Nerdville. On a t-shirt. Me and David are going to – we're going to chat up Moon Knight a little bit next time. Yeah, I should I watch can, Moon Knight. Yeah, we all should. I hear it's great. They just Well, it's, it, up. it is finally finished, so that's right. why I can binge watch it. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah. I, I If I get time off, it's going to be like a whole Saturday, so it's gonna, like that's when I'm going to watch you're it. You're going to night the moon on fire. Uh, Batman 2 confirmed. They are making a second Batman with Robert Pattinson. I'm happy. A what was your second Batman film? Yeah. They've never done that before. No, this is original stuff. I'm oh. excited. I don't even know where they're going with this. People are already, they're fan casting Mr. Freeze. Like, why'd you pick him? Boy. That's all I see. I bet filmmakers love when you set yourself <laughs> up to be disappointed like that. <laughs> what did you think of the Batman? Oh, I thought it was tremendously well done. I agree. I and I think you mentioned it. I walked in not sure if I was going to enjoy it at all. Yeah. A part of me was like, look, we're just, we're resetting Batman again. Right. I think this is getting clumsy now. Yeah. I just want the movie to be worth it. I think yeah. those were my exact That was words. your words. And I and loved it. It was great. And yeah. I thought, thank God somebody made this story. Cause this was so well done. Such a cool look at the character. I enjoyed it a lot. Word. So it was good. Word. I'd all recommend right. it. It was good. I liked it. We're excited for number two. They have confirmed it. Um, Batman right. the second. I wanted to end things with a little rapid fire. Sean, what is your favorite movie? You already answered that. Last Samurai. Uh, what color? Actually, uh, it's between Last Samurai and an extremely goofy movie. Extremely goofy movie. I, you didn't. I, you've written probably just on like Instagram stories. You've written a, a pretty in depth review of an extremely goofy movie. You should definitely post that. It's somewhere on there. Find it. I'll tag it in the show notes. You know, it's another good movie. Battlefield Earth. I don't know what one that is. It's not a good movie. Shoot. Fair enough. Uh, what color lightsaber would you choose? Oh my gosh, uh, dude, it would be orange. Single or double blade? Double blade. Who's your? Favorite? <laughs> What's your favorite hilt in Star Wars? My favorite hilt. Hilt. Um, you know, there was a, there was pro- it was probably the OG, uh, not the OG. It was probably Episode Four, Obi Wan. Lightsaber. Word. No. Yes. Episode three, Obi-Wan is my favorite hilt. Really? Yeah. Did he change it? It's v- slightly different. It's it's kind of like it's a it's an evolution of the one that's got like the ball on the bottom with like mm-hmm. little spikes. Uh, yeah, it. but it's not that that uh, whatever you would call it. I right. think it's like the pommel. Um, it's not as intense. I like the episode four Obi-Wan lightsaber because I just like the idea of like a thin one. Yeah. 
I hate, agree. I hate how we never get, and it's because of the darn battery. You can't get <laughs> you can't get a thin lightsaber. It's annoying. I went to a art exhibit they had here a few years ago. Yeah. At the Detroit Art Museum, where they had the actual props from Star Wars on display. It was like a traveling show. Yeah. Or event, and I saw the original lightsabers. I changed my answer. Mace Windu's. <laughs> Mace Windu's. It's Mace Windu's. His is blinged out. His is blinged out. Yeah. It's gold and chrome, and it looks like something Samuel L. Jackson would yeah, have. That's, that's what. That's my favorite help. All right. That with orange blade. Shoot. Nice combo. All right. Who's your uh, double bladed too? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Random, but you know the um, there's like the dream sequence in Rise of Skywalker where Ray has that double blade lightsaber. Yeah. Her hilt is like. It's like 38 inches long. It makes no <laughs> it's, sense. It's it's important. You look at Darth Maul's and it's like... No, I, it's a little bit bigger than that. The thing is, if you, they'll pract- if you think about it practically, <laughs> it's got to be... It's used like a staff. Right. With just like some some Bernie bits at the end. Right. And so it's got to... Like you got to have like at least the shoulder to shoulder grip. I'll have to pull up some picks and throw them in the show notes cuz I'm telling you her her hilt is Hers like folds in half. It's that's true. I forgot about that. That's right. why you're confused. Moving on. Cuz yeah. it's double what you think it is. Yeah. You got all excited it's about a quad. how quad. It yeah. It's a double blade but a quad hilt. All right. Uh favorite character in Star Wars. Qui-Gon Jinn. Nice. Favorite scene in Star Wars slash moment. Oh man, it is probably the Obi Wan burning like a bat out of hell out of that force field and just going after it all. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best scene. It doesn't get better than that. That is movie magic, by the way. That's not just like, oh, that's a cool scene, or I like that. That's like, I don't care if you don't like that movie. <laughs> you watch that scene, yeah. and that is that is movie magic. That emotion. Gets into your soul. No music, just extraordinarily done uh, choreography. Yeah. Everything in the movie has been building to that moment. The pace in which they're striking each other. I mean, everything about it. It's never never been better than that. No, I agree. It's a bummer, but it's never been better than that. I agree. I was hoping that the sequel trilogy would bring moments like that. And they had some that were decent, but they just never, never got to that level. Not yeah. even close. I kind of, I don't know why. Because right. I know like they, you know, Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor were doing like tons of rehearsals. They were choreographing a whole extended fight. I think the problem is how it was shot. Mm-hmm. It, that, that, that moment in episode one felt like it was shot with an intention to capture the intensity of it. Just a wide shot, just panning, watching them go, go right. for a solid minute with this very, actually I'm changing my answer. It's the moment. <laughs> It's the moment when uh, Dar- uh, Jar Jar steps in the poop. <laughs> I mean, that didn't crack my top 300, but I'm glad you felt that way. Well, uh, you'll when you read my uh, Phantom S analysis, you'll understand. Is that on page 7,000 then? Yeah, maybe. We'll see. That's pretty deep in the... Oh, wait, no, that's... Uh, what, uh, what, it doesn't actually, matter. Actually, can, I, okay. <laughs> it doesn't can matter. I give you my top two, actually? Top two. Because the second one is the pod racing scene. Pod racing. I know these are both from the Phantom S... But the pod racing scene is movie magic. It is. I mean, that is just a well done race scene in a movie. It is. 
I've seen a lot of like uh, special effects. It guys. still holds up. Yeah, they break it down and it they say like great. the fact that they did this in '99 is mind blowing because it does. It holds up. Yeah, the the stadium was like a bunch of like Q-tips that were painted in. Yeah. <laughs> back in the real day, back in the day when they made real movies with real <laughs> models and objects. Yeah, George Lucas gonna Lucas. What are you gonna do? What are we? Gonna I hope we do? get to meet him one day. You will before it's too late. He could yeah. be on the show. I know he will come to our basement. Actually, he'd sit here for two minutes and be like um i gotta go there's <laughs> <laughs> not a tablecloth behind you i'm out of here yeah maybe I'm a, I'm a billionaire i don't need this he doesn't but he will maybe not all right that's gonna wrap it up sean you will be a staple for years to come on the 99th of nerds and soon maybe we'll launch 99 films on tacular and deep dive into every film that's ever come out. That'd be ever. fun. Sean, you would kill that. I've actually thought about many different podcasts, 99 films. Mm-hmm. Um, we could do a sociology podcast, 99 problems. Mm. That's all I got. That's all you need. Star Wars, <laughs> movies, and problems. The trifecta. Yep. All right. Well, we can wrap this episode up. Thank you, Sean. I'm Austin. He's Sean. Thank you for watching 99 Nerds. This was episode three featuring Sean Tacular. I hope you enjoyed it. I would ask you please to like, comment, subscribe, watch our previous videos. We obviously make a lot of references to what happened in episode one and episode two. So please go back and watch those. There should be a link on the screen. And let me ask you this for the comments. What was your favorite Xbox Live achievement you unlocked? What was your gamer score? Or if you didn't do that, what would your color lightsaber be? What is your favorite hilt? Do you even like Star Wars? Do you even like this podcast? Why are you watching? Thanks, fam. Love you.